You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you are anybody who lives in the United States of America and have some pocket change to order HBO Max or used to get HBO, then you are very familiar with Sopranos. This show is the greatest show, TV drama ever, that propelled HBO. It shaped a genre. It shaped the nation. It It is The Sopranos. And I don't know about you, but every time I hear that song, I'm thinking about getting a gun. I want a gun. I have guns. And I want more guns just because of the song alone. So yes, today we are talking about The Sopranos, and we are here just to give you a brief, and I mean a brief, highlights and points and subpoints of some of the stuff that went on in the show, but trust me when I tell you that we will not be able to cover it all in an hour because it's just too much to talk about, but we are going to come, come in swinging today about The Sopranos. So I have with me today these other two gentlemen who has the ability to watch the show way after I did because I was like no wait what is I was like no I waited every Sunday at nine o'clock from 1999 to 2007 to watch every single episode of the Sopranos but these gentlemen Christian and Nick are my co-hosts and they are just new to the sopranos they get the opportunity to binge watch it and not have to wait and wait for another week to get into it but guess what we're here we're talking about it so let's get right into it so nick introduce yourself to the crowd because i think this is the first time we've been on so tell us something good about you uh hey everybody geeks out there kino christian thanks for having me on uh my name's nick I am a wannabe Tolkien enthusiast. I guess I am a Tolkien enthusiast. Um, I'm the production editor for the Academic Journal of the Tolkien Society. And um, I got connected with y'all through Will Rose, Pastor Will, um, who I got connected to through Trip Fuller of Homebrew Christianity. And so um, I love like the three nerdy things about me. I love Lord of the Rings. I love coffee and I love punk rock. And uh, now I really love The Sopranos. So, all right, Christian. Uh, I'm Christian Ashley. Uh, I am the host of the podcast "Let Nothing Move You" that I just started last week. So I'm going through the Book of Luke right now, having a lot of fun with that. And I'm also here with SG, and I'm here to have a good time talking about The Sopranos, which I am new to. As Kino said, we did not get the uh, the feature of having to wait week by week. We are truly a spoiled generation, being to watch whatever we want. <sighs> Spoiled is is a good word to use. <laughs> watching this show reminded me of the pager I used to have and the cell phone I used to have. And I found my Blockbuster card. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so if you don't know anything about that, trust me, Blockbuster was the thing that you did on Friday or Saturday over the weekend. If you did not want to go mm-hmm. to movies, you went to Blockbuster to find that that show. I remember I got introduced to uh, UCF that way. 
it was it was blockbuster was the thing to do and and my god this this show is a timeless crack classic that it 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 changed the trajectory of hbo it caused it it, it from what i read it brought in the golden age the second golden age of tv dramas that that this show literally was if you didn't know you should know cuz i mean it's been almost 20 years since it ended almost we almost there since it ended um this show set the tone and the standard it was supposed to be a movie but they turned it into a series and i'm like yo this 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 was well thought out so so as as the host and the guy one of the hosting guys we're going we're going to dialogue we're going to talk but i want to ask this first question from you all seeing how you just spoiled just going to call you spoiled <laughs> today no um what was your impression when you first when you finished season 1 let's let me ask this what was your initial impression of watching the first season i've got to see more mm. i can't stop i mean this is good and this is quality television. There's a reason it became a phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, it was the exact same. Like, uh, I, it was after the first episode, and I was like, "That's one of the perfect pilot episodes I've ever seen." And I, and not me and my wife annihilated the first season in like the first couple days. And we, <laughs> so, and we've been we've been getting them from the library instead of like paying for HBO. So we we were kind of like doing that blockbuster oh. thing where we're like having to put the DVDs in and wait and all that stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That is it awesome. It never works. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, so, so you were all hooked. What, what got you? So, so, so let me ask this question. So, so now that you all have now been baptized in the soprano world, um, and we are almost at the conclusion. Now we all know how it ends. Okay, it ends by somebody coming up and pulling out a gun and it fades to black. That's how it ends. We don't know who got shot, who shot JR. We don't know. We have no idea. But that's the whole point. That's as 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 flashy as it came in, I will never forget that was the talk of the town. Did Tony did, did he die? What happened? We don't we don't know because we thinking that, you know, the characters that we fall in love with that we come attached to, they end up dead. They end up dead, and you like, wait, this is one of his best friends. Why did he kill him? Why did he, what what's what's going on? So 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 yeah so yeah so yeah. We 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 are we are talking about this show, and so I have to ask this other question. I gotta ask you a question. Could you? Do you think you could be a made man? Do you think you could make it in the world of the mob? I'm gonna, you know, for me, I'll just tell you a little about myself. You know, I'm a. I consider myself a Christian. I'm trying to be a better person every day. Uh, let the Holy Spirit guide my life. But I am a morally gray individual. Uh, so I could see myself justifying. I'd be like, you know what? I uh, I murdered a couple dudes to make a couple, a couple grand, but I'm also really good to my <laughs> wife. So, you know, and I'm bringing home the bacon. So I think I could be a made man. You know, I might not last very long. Someone might hit me out of jealousy or something like that. But I think I could make it on the business side. You think you can make it on the business side? Do you think, I think, I you, could. think you'd be in 
up with Epsilon. I would probably so try cheap. to avoid it. I mean, everybody who moves on up ends up becoming a target. Like everyone dies. As soon as they move up, as soon as it's like, oh yeah, this person's made or they're like in the running for something, they die. So I'm going to pass. I would pass on that. Okay. All right. So you just would stay down and become a foot soldier. That's right. Saying you know somebody. That's right. <laughs> I got you. What about you, Christian? I don't think I have the guts for it. I couldn't do it. All that conspiracy and espionage and having to kill people and dealing, uh, organizing people to deal drugs. It's just not me. I could never do it. Uh, I'm not looking down on you in any way, Nick, but I feel real. I was in that scenario. Yeah, you you should be. (laughs) 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 That's like, no, I, I couldn't do it. It's just not in me. So, so let me, let me tell you a secret that you don't think that you would ever hear someone in the ministry say, but I am a made guy because I'm an ordained elder in the Methodist church. Now you might think, wait, he's, he's an ordained, he's ordained, he's a minister. Yeah, no, no, no. This, this, that is a subculture in of itself. Okay. That, that there are rules that you have to adhere to that the rest of the world does not have to adhere to. There are meetings that I have to go to. So whenever my boss calls, I got to go wherever he is. <laughs> whenever my, my captain calls, I have to show up to the meetings to have these type of discussions about stuff that ain't got nothing to do with nothing, but yet it's all a part of it. So guess what? Guess what? When you become now, now, now I'm not talking about. And please forgive me for anyone who is listening, and and who are, who have the license to officiate a wedding. I'm so glad that you did that, but I'm talking about. I had to give six years of my life to study before I became ordained. So now, now I put in my work. So yes, I I am a made guy, and I'm proud that I'm a made guy. But I promise you. That, funny enough, in watching The Sopranos and thinking about ministry, and I'm not talking about the killing or or all the other hard stuff, but being able to compartmentalize and and cut yourself off from ministry and family and business and all those type of arenas that you're flowing in out of, that's a difficult thing that we have to, we as ministers have to actually navigate because there are instances where you might go to the hospital and you are going to see a family as they are grieving the death of their loved one. And then you go right down the room or to a different floor. And there's and there you're now celebrating with another family a birth of their child. And you mm. got to be there for both of them. So, yeah. So so I understand Tony Soprano. OK, I get him. I get all the crap that comes with dealing with people and their issues and all that stuff. I see it. And I I. I'm just going to tell you now, okay? I would kill a lot of people, okay? I'm just going to be real. The, the reason I said it is because, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to go out and kill anybody. No, please, please don't write in and say, oh my gosh, Kino is a killer. He's horrible. No. <laughs> what I am saying is that there are some people that are around that we feel like, I'm just, just saying that we feel like they deserve to die. We wouldn't, we wouldn't kill them. We wouldn't kill them. We would ask God, you know, be like Elijah with the bear. You know what? They picking at me, Lord. Come kill these kids. <laughs> that, that's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. I'm just saying. So so don't don't be all offended. I'm just being real about how I feel about the people. Now, I still love them. 
I still love them. And I believe that Tony loved every last one of the people that was in his family, in the Soprano family. He really did. And, and one of the one things that, that surprised me in rewatching this show was watching him navigate the idea that his mother and his uncle wanted him killed. That, 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 that in of itself. And then his uncle sh- actually shooting him <laughs> made it worse, made it worse. But, but, but we see how life is very complex. And the truth is that, that um, the human condition is not as black and white as we think it is. It's a lot of gray. It's a lot of gray. It's a lot of, and, and I think that's what's the appeal about the show is that it, it shows you the true, authentic American individual, period. It, it, it's, it's, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is the capturing of a culture and the evolution of a culture in the same sense. Because I remember how homosexuality was really taboo to talk about. And they brought it up in, 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 in The Sopranos. And then you had to deal with, like, what do you do with somebody who is a homosexual in the ministry? Same stuff. So, 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 yeah. Again, I told. I'm telling you, I'm a made guy. It's just I'm in the army of the Lord. <laughs> I'm just in the army of the Lord. But, but, but that was that was the other aspect about this that that was really was really cool. So I know I'm, I know I'm talking a lot. And y'all, y'all got to stop me if I keep going because I will keep going because I really do love this show. But I, I want to ask this question. Um, so far, since you all have watched it, what do you think is the most controversial aspect of this show, in your opinion? Well, I can think of two. Okay. My first one would be a moment, and that was uh, the, I would really argue, the gratuitous rape of Dr. Melfi oh. in season three. I mean, it the, they do stuff with it in the show, and it, it she does grow from the experience, but I think it was on HBO and they wanted something controversial to happen to her to get people to talk. Yeah. And I was not a huge fan of that. That's one of those things that I'm always not a big fan of. Not that it can never be discussed on a show, not that it can never happen to a character, but like make it worth something uh, across the entire run. And I don't think it does. So you can feel free to disagree with me on that, but that's fine. And I think the other thing too is, with, all, with series like this, with something like that has a villain protagonist, uh, I think of Breaking Bad, I think of uh, Death Note. Eventually, along the way, I'm going to stop caring about them winning and want to see them get what's coming to them. Uh-huh. That's just who I am. Like, I-, I can't handle them always winning, always doing these evil things. It just really irks me. But from what I understand, depending on how you view the ending, that could have happened. Correct. Right. Yeah, I, I really, I really like your take on on Doctor Melfi because they really only explore it as far as her relationship with Tony, you know, for like two episodes, and then they really move on and wash their hands of it and never bring it up ever yeah. again. Which is, I think, I think you have a really good point. I think the since I've watched it, I think the most controversial thing because, of course, when you watch a TV show, your algorithm changes, and of course, then you see all the Twitter threads and everything like that. <laughs> And like people are still talking about the whole veto thing about him trying to figure out himself when he, you know, when they found out he's gay, he runs away, he tries to find out his life and then he tries to come back because he doesn't want to like live like 
do the hard work. He wants to live the life of luxury. Um, and of course, he ends up dying. And so I think that I've seen people talk about how like, you know, they do the tropes of like, oh, gay characters, you know, always end in tragedy, etc. But I think like kind of some things that you had said, Kino, about just the American life, like even dealing with things as a minister and, you know, kind of making those parallels of like, you know, one of the things that hit me when it like really woke me up to like how one of the reasons the show's so good is that like the uh, Phil, who was like the the stand-in boss for New York, who was related to Vito and oh. like him, his, his wife tells him basically to, that Vito needs to die because it's embarrassing to the family. But it's so crazy that these people will just like, they murder people. They go to strip clubs, they deal in yep. prostitution, but the one thing they can't, they can't tolerate is homosexuality. Like it just shows like, even to our culture, like how true is that in our culture where so many people are like, I can do all these things. I'm cool with people murdering, marrying their first cousin, you know, whatever. <laughs> and they're like, but gay people can't have it, can't have it. Right. And so I thought that was the most controversial in a way that is, uh, I think it, it reverberates even still still to this day with people talking about the show. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, um, I think and this is this is always my focus, is the the dynamics of the family and how and how ingrained we are in our systems. And no matter how old or young you are, your family is gonna see you as whatever they saw you as, period. So, so to take Tony Soprano' point, I can't remember which which uncle he was talking to, but one of his uncles still called him a little boy. He was like, "I'm grown," or was, I can't remember if it was that Christopher. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. Um, but but to to be able to navigate your family from from growing up and trying to separate yourself, but still being a part of the family and feeling connected to the family. And then the nuances that come up in your family, because again, I, I, love, to, I love to preface by telling people, especially when I talk about mental health in the church, I tell them that you're crazy and your family is crazy and we're all crazy, but it's okay. Cause we all came from crazy families, but it's okay. But the truth is that if you think that you're perfect, if you think there's nothing wrong with you, then you're Jesus. And I'm sorry, but I don't think anybody around here is going to call themselves Jesus. So, no, let's let's accept the fact that we all are crazy. We come from crazy families and we, we just don't get it right all the time. And that's OK. But you see how and I, and I, I do not know one. I will say this, I do not feel bad for Tony Soprano for anything that he chose to do, because I believe that you have a freedom of choice, that you can choose to do whatever you, you said to do, especially if you're grown, especially if you're grown and you're the boss of the family. Like literally you could you could decide, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to do any stuff like you could have made that choice. But but also realizing that the freedom of choice is sometimes being hindered by circumstances, that sometimes how we grow up and where we grow up prevents us from having certain choices of freedom of choice when we have just limited choices because of how we are raised. And you can see that that it was an issue when Janice left and came back. They felt like that she abandoned them. But Janice was like, I need to get away from y'all. Y'all too crazy. Y'all just too much. But she did come back. But then she she was she was being her herself as she always is. And and so it's fascinating to see the the 
the issues of families being played out. Let me say it this way. The issues of family systems being played out in grown adults who are siblings and the children of adult parents as well. That 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 is and you can't never think that what you do don't have an impact on anybody. No, that's not true because the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love will eat his fruit. So whatever you say will impact and you have to eat it at some point in time. And I, I read somewhere that it was, it was talked about that Tony was going to kill his mother. I don't know if y'all, I don't know if y'all read that, but I read that it, they had the, the they were, debating on whether or not they wanted Tony to kill his mother. The scene that he had, the the, the pillows, and I think she was in the hospital. Right. He was supposed to smother her right there, but they decided not to. Mm-hmm. But but I can, and I'm not saying that I wanted to kill my mother because no, I love my mother. No, I do. But but I do know that my mother gets on my nerves with the stuff that she want me to do. Yes. But that's, that's, that's just how it is, though. I'm not saying it's the perfect system. I'm not saying it's the right one, but it is the reality of we have to face it that sometimes we just don't like people. <laughs> sometimes we just don't like people. Now, now the thing about the Sopranos is that sometimes if they find out that they don't like you, you end up dead. That was a sad thing, and, and especially when it's the consistency that we all don't like you. Yeah, then you're going to end up dead. You're going to end up dead, and you end up missing or going to, uh, what did they say when they go to prison? Uh, they went off to fight in the war. <laughs> you go fight in the war. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, all right. So so my next question, guys, is um, what um, what are some of the major themes that we already touched on? Um, but outside of those two, what other, what other themes do you think that this show touched on that is still relevant even today. I would say they've touched on several times how immigrants integrate into American society. And it's a huge thing for them, uh, being Italian-American for the most part in the mob, is they, Tony brings up time and time again, this was the only, these were the only jobs we could take, so that's what we would do. We would be enforcers. We would be you know, the people who would steal things just to make money. And it's a question of, is he right today? Is that still applicable can he go somewhere else and then be beneath his means he has right now, but still be a part of a stable American family and job? I mean, he definitely could, but he chooses to hang on to these things that in the time where the, a lot of Italian Americans were coming over, Irish Americans, so on and so forth, they're having to deal with racism. They're having to deal with being seen as less than. So they're having to go to these jobs that no one else wants to do and in criminal jobs as well just so they can have a piece of that American pie that everyone else is eating on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and even it's, it's kind of related to yours too, but I, I, Christian, I, I think of like how, you know, kind of the neoliberal economic system that's very prevalent and has been growing in the United States and kind of shaping our identities as individuals. And I think that kind of related, like you said, the mob kind of started off as an alternative to the system they were coming in because, you know, at the point when people were immigrating, the system really wasn't working for them. And so they had to do all these different things, you know, commit crimes to make ends meet, et cetera. And now, you know, is there really a need for that? There's this tradition, but even, you know, there's multiple times where, uh, you know, where, especially after nine 11 happened that like the feds will come up and see, you know, Tony or Christopher 
and they'll be like, hey, we're on the terrorist task force. So if you see anything, let me know. Or they're like suspicious. They're like, are you dealing with any terrorists? And they're like, we love this country. You know, we're Americans. And it's just very interesting that they're like, they hate the feds. You know, they do all these things that basically screws over people who are kind of working, you know, in the traditional American economic system. And they're, but they themselves are like almost this weird merge of like, they've assimilated practices from neoliberalism into their business. And then also they're using the economic system to hide the crime that they do. Um, And it basically, I think it points to just the justification of like how a lot of big corporations, you know, like Amazon or whatever, it's just business. Like we're just doing what we're told. We're using the system to whatever, and we're not taking into account how we're treating our workers, et cetera. Um, You know, that sort of thing. And so I think it really does have this weird play of like, oh man, uh, maybe the way that we live our lives every day and the way that we categorize ourselves and separate ourselves and navigate those things uh, aren't that uh, separated from the way that the mob functions. So Now listen, if you, if you have a family and you all get together for dinner at some point, you're a mob. You're a mob. Because y'all going to sit around the table and talk about stuff. You're going to talk about people. You're going to talk about the stuff that goes on. The normal things that happens in the family dinners. And there'll be some fights that happens at the dinner. And sometimes there might be some cussing. Some knives might be brought out. Hopefully no guns. We don't know. You know, maybe. Maybe some guns. But, but. <laughs> like you said, talking about people you might want to whack later. You know, you might not do it. But you're like, this person needs to go. You know, we've had those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> so we just want to invite them again to the to the family function. That's what we're gonna do. That's, <laughs> that's right. what we're gonna do. Yeah. No. But but yeah. That's 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 key. And and then the other aspect that um, that I like the show and how it approached. Well, let me say this: it, it brought mental health to the forefront. Now it it didn't do a good job in making Tony Soprano really use the therapeutic process like it ought to be used because he never she dr malfi never pushed him and when she did she saw his aggression and she became fearful when she should just cut the the relationship off anyway but we're not even gonna talk about that but but that that mental health and 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 if if my memory serves me correct i i believe every episode 86 episodes one um James Gaff, Gaff, oh gosh, what's his last name? Um, the uh, Tony Soprano. The, oh, the, Gandolfini. Gaudini um, was in every episode, but also they talked about something about mental health in every single episode. There was some issue about mental health that was being talked about in every single episode, and I believe that what one of the great things that this show did was introduce the American public to the therapeutic process where you had a mob boss talking to a psychiatrist about his panic attacks that really just went back to the time that he was a child when he had his first panic attack. But, but again, that allowed, that gave a lot of people um, an insight into, again, the therapeutic process, but it also shed light into how when people were in therapy, that drugs was used to medicate the issue. They, there was no one trying to do anything outside of saying, okay, we're just going to take Prozac. Just just take Prozac so you can feel better and keep going. No one addressed that, you know, um, Tony's mom 
Liz was was depressed because she was losing she was losing her mind. Dementia causes people to get depressed. They get anxious. They get paranoid. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on with dementia that happens as people lose their own self, their own consciousness of their identity of themselves. And and to see that play out in the family system and having to navigate that, I remember when my grandmother had dementia, and it was difficult for us to try to navigate that as we saw her decline as the years progressed and everything. And it was it was difficult. You you you're talking to someone who is a shell of themselves, and you're like, wait, this is not who I'm talking to anymore. I don't know who I'm talking to. And then that that brings into what is known as. Um, um, I think it's I think the word is delayed grief. The word is you're grieving the person who they once were, and yet they're still there with you, and so it's hard for you to navigate that. They're like all these type of issues, it ain't just one. It's very complex. It's very complex. So I get again. I'm not trying to justify, but I get why the mob guys would go to the club and do all that other stuff as a means of getting out their frustration without talking about it. Cause one of the things I hated about this show was the innuendos. Like I, I, I hated the fact that they were being having side conversations about stuff. Cause I'm a straight shooter. So if you tell it me that, you know, I think our friend need to go, I'm like, where's he going? He leaving? What, 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 when, when is he supposed to leave? Not knowing they trying to tell me he need to kill him. I'm like, you should have said something. Cause I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never known. I I would have been a horrible maid guy if they were trying to tell me I need to kill somebody. They'd be like, "Wait, he gotta go? Can you take a trip? Oh, you want me to kill him? Oh, okay, you should have said that. I can kill him. I, you just gotta say that. But you're like, we can't say anything because the FBI is listening, feds are listening, and it's just just funny. But another thing about this show I forgot is that this show was also huge with the mob. John Gotti. Uh, Genevieve, the Genevieve, the five families of New York all love this show. And I also found out that they gave tips to Tony Soprano. In the first season, one of the mob bosses called him and said that no boss wears shorts at all. And if you notice, in the first season, he wearing shorts. But after that phone conversation, he's never wearing shorts again. He's never wearing shorts again. So, so the mob, the actual mob, and there, there are there are FBI tapes and recording of them watching the show and talking about the show. I remember, uh, gosh, what was that? It was a show that used to Bill Curtis used to do. I don't, it wasn't Mysteries or something. I can't remember. He used to do a show and he was talking about the mob um, as well. And I remember him talking about John Gotti and. Um, and uh, Sammy DeBull, Gravano, his underboss, talking about uh, The Sopranos. I remember that. Oh, gosh. So if you don't know, I love mobsters. I love mobsters. Like, literally. I, I've read every book that um, Mario Puzo has written. Every okay. single book. Every single book. Every single one. Even the one that, that was written after he had died. I, I can't remember the name of that one. Um, and I've watched all the mob movies. Um, um, one of my favorite ones is, it's not, I mean, Godfather is a timeless classic and I know we right. talk about the Sopranos, but, but, but I, I love Casino. Like I <laughs> love Casino. I mean, Don but, Rickles um, in that movie is just incredible. <laughs> I mean, everybody's incredible, but Don Rickles just takes it home for me in Casino, man. I love yeah, that man, movie. man, that, 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 so, so, so. The idea of having this 
family that's not your family, but you're part of the family. You have to look out for the family. Like the family comes first. And we see how they had to make the hard choices on choosing the family over our personal relationships or our obligations and those things. And we also witness in The Sopranos how Tony really, he was a master tactician in how he handled certain things. Because in the forefront, some of the stuff that Tony did might not have made sense. But as the as the show went on, you start to see, hey, this this decision that he made to kill Puss, his best friend, had helped him to scave off the FBI as, pos- as much as possible. And every time they tried to come, I, I, gosh, you know, if the FBI is listening, and we know the FBI is listening, you all suck, okay? You all suck at terrorism. You suck at arresting mobs. You you all suck. But you know what? That's just the system, okay? Preach, preacher. It's, Preach, it's, preacher. <laughs> I agree with you. When it comes to mental health, like uh, this is a time in America where we're kind of transitioning to where it's more acceptable to go seek therapeutic help, to uh, psychiatric help. But it needs to be stated and this was seen by millions of people and you can't deny just how much of an influence that had totally. to where they're able to go, Oh, well, even if he's going, well, maybe I should too. And obviously it doesn't work as much with Tony because he refused to see his flaws. He refuses to ever deal with the things that are going wrong in the way that Melfi would suggest he does because, well, he has a low opinion of her being a woman to begin with. And, but at the same time, like you need to have a character do this all the time to where someone can look at that and go, well, maybe that's what I need to do too. And I'm very appreciative that they did that, especially doing it when they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love to talk to the church and tell them that mental health, mental illness was all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible. And one of the scriptures that I love to use as an illustration is, where the um, the demon-possessed man comes to Jesus and he recognizes him and Jesus asks, you know, what's your name? And he tells him legions. And the, the demon asks, can we go into the, to the swine? And the swine goes and goes off the cliff and the people see that and they run and go tell everybody else and they come back. And, and the scripture says that when they saw that man, he was clothed in his right mind. He wasn't healed. He wasn't made well. He was clothed in his right mind, which tells me that that was a mental issue that had was going on that only Jesus could fix at that time, that it wasn't a healing. It was something else that he was restored back to his society because he was clothed in his right mind. And so that 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 and and and, and just as a shameless plug, um, if you want to know more about mental health, go read Grace for the Afflicted. I can't remember the author. But he talks about mental health and uses the DSM-5, which is the diagnosis for psychologists or psychiatrists, to diagnose mental illnesses played out throughout the Bible. The whole Bible. Whole Bible. I'll never forget when I learned that Elijah wanted to commit suicide. What? Wait, the man of God? The prophet? Yeah, he said, I I am no better than my ancestors, so take my life now. That's what he says in Kings. And God had to help him and say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. So you need to come out of this depressive state and eat and be with somebody. That's what depression does. It keeps us isolated in those things. So, so yes, I, I, I don't want to um, sugarcoat the impact that mental illness has 
And th- th- again, uh, and I agree with you, Christian, that is being talked about more in today's society than it ever has. And I'm, I'm so thankful. And I suggest everybody go talk to a therapist. Okay. Everybody need to go talk to a therapist. Okay. If you think that your mama was good, I'm pretty sure she wasn't all that great. Now, you might love your mama. I'm not saying your mama ain't bad. Everybody love your mama, but she probably did some stuff to you that probably messed you up today that you didn't realize now. But everybody needs a therapist. And the sad truth is, even therapists need therapists. Even therapists need therapists. Like Dr. Malfi had her own therapist to help her deal with the issues that she was dealing with, not only from the trauma of the rape, but just dealing with Tony Soprano. Like, like she... We even saw her life all jacked up because the kid was, what, what was her son doing? I can't remember what he was. He was doing something, but he was a disappointment. But it was only after the rape that they had a better relationship. Um, but I think but, his grades were going down because he couldn't, like, he wanted to be a defender to her, but he couldn't do it. There was no way he, it was possible. So he was taking it out on himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that's 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 the typical of a mother-son relationship where the son wants to protect his mother from the things that he see that that it goes on, but he's in a position of of um of of not not uh gosh, he's in a position of a weaker vessel on not in terms of statue or build, but position of power because that's his parent. And so you cannot, as a as a parent, no, I'm mean, sorry, as a child, you can. Your job is not to protect the parent. The parent is supposed to protect you. That's the that's the job. But then that happens a lot. And then you have children who are now becoming the parents of their of their parents and never have a childhood. And you're wondering why these grown men, when they get sixty, buying these sports cars and marrying these twenty year olds, because they never had a childhood, because they're midlife crisis. They had to take care of their own parents, and now they got the, the means to do it. Now they can. But again, that's that speaks to the impact of mental illness. Um, yeah, mental illness, and and everybody, everybody needs to go to a therapist. Okay, you need to go to a therapist, especially if you're in a relationship. If you're in a relationship, whew, this being married. My wife and I be will be married. Um, Jesus, 18 years in August. Oh, Lord, that's, that's a long, long time. Whew. Okay, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, being married, you, you, you begin to see that, you know what, you, you're thinking that your family was cool, but then you get with somebody else and be like, oh, y'all crazy. Oh, 100%. Y'all like to, y'all like to, y'all like to, y'all like to yell and argue. We over here sitting quiet. We don't do none of that stuff. What y'all, what, Mm-mm. I ain't come back over here, but you can't because you married this person. This is the family you in. So, so yeah, guess what? You might need some therapy. Oh, gosh, listen, premarital counseling works if you use it. Okay, it works if you use it right um, to help you maintain the relationship. Otherwise, you're just gonna fail like everybody else. Because I get it. Because you can't deal with the person. I get it. I understand. Um, but that's where therapy helps. That's where being able to process your feelings and then help you to coach you to navigate how to deal these situations. That's what's necessary. And I think that's one of the good things about this show. If you take away all the all the drugs and the sex and the infidelity and and the killing and and um, the cussing, you still have a good show because you're still dealing with family relationships. You would still have a you would still have a good show if you took all this stuff because you're still dealing with the dynamics of friendships, how men get along with each other, 
how men sometimes don't talk about the issues that they are glossed over, how women want men to step up and be the men and the leaders in the relationship and men trying to do that thing. But in their own minds, they're doing it the way they think they is. And yet they cause them more damage. Yeah. This is all from the show. This is all from the show. So we ain't talked about the killing or the, or the, the drugs, drug addiction, or the sex or the exploitation of women and that stuff. No, we just talking about mental mental illness. Yeah, and I think so, again, this this show has does a great thing with it. Yeah, and men out there who are still because I feel like mental health, like you were kind of talking about, is still a little taboo. And Christian kind of pointed to this too a little bit of like it's taboo for even still for some men to acknowledge they need therapy. But if Tony Soprano can go to therapy, you can go to therapy. So here's another shameless plug. I believe that everybody needs a Sean in their life. And I know you're like, Sean, who is Sean? Well, Sean is my therapist. Yeah, I have a therapist. And when I tell you I love Sean, he's not even my therapist. He is Sean. Do you hear me? I that's that's that he is not my he is Sean. And I love talking with Sean because Sean helps me to navigate some stuff because again, I want to kill everybody. I do. Do want to kill everybody, but you can't. You can't kill everybody. You can't be like again. You can't be like Elijah and, and pray for a bear to come. God ain't gonna do that no more. He did it for him. He gonna do it for me. Well, maybe he might do it. I'm gonna keep asking to see what happens. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but 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 men have the weight of the world on their shoulders because they're trying to live up to the stereotype of what a man is without feelings, without feelings. And and we can see how destructive it is that if you don't deal with your issues, they come out anyway. They come out. And the worst way it comes out is in your kids, in your kids. Wait till y'all have kids. I don't, I'm, I, if y'all don't have kids, don't, okay? Don't have kids, okay? Don't have kids, okay? They're expensive, okay? They are expensive. Um, I think when my son was born, 2006, the average cost to raise a child to 18 was $250,000. That was in 2006. Okay. And we're talking about from child, from baby to to college was $250,000 for one child. I have two and they eat all the time. Okay. So, so yes, kid babies are cute. They're lovely. They're so sweet, but they grow up, okay? And they talk back. And you can't kill them because you're going to go to jail. And I'm not trying to go to jail, okay? I don't mind going to jail for killing a child because it's it's justifiable (laughs) in my head. But Sean helps me to recognize that you can't do that. That's why therapy is important. See, I told y'all I want to kill everybody, but you can't. Okay, that's why therapy is important. Y'all thinking I'm crazy? No, I'm just being real. I'm just I'm just calling out what everybody thinks. Okay, and and if you go and ask your parents, they would tell you. Maybe they won't never tell you because I would never admit this to my kids. I would lie to their face and say, "No, nah, I didn't ever want to kill you. I love you dearly." Yes, because you don't want to hurt their feelings because then that would really crush them. And then they would probably want to kill me or put me in a bad nursing home. And I don't want that. Okay. Okay. You have to think about the future. Okay. So you got to raise them up right. So they'll treat you better. Otherwise you'll be like uh junior soprano shooting your nephew. Cause you got dementia <laughs> and they're trying to take care of you. And then guess what? Then, then AJ wanted to kill junior cause he killed his dad. But 
wait, why? Why? Because it's just a whole family. It's just families. <sighs> I told you I could sit and talk all day. I realize I'm just rambling. Um, I'm just, I realize Christian and Nick hasn't said anything for the last 25 minutes of this whole entire show. And I'm pretty sure Josh now is going to cut this out. But I pray that you keep this in because this is important. Yes, I'm rambling. Josh and I love you. Okay. Just just put it all in. Just put it all in. Just let just let them hear the truth and the raw, unedited version of this. <sighs> Prayer changes things. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Prayer changes things. The Lord is real because he is real in my life. Cause again, I want to kill everybody, but he tells me not to. And I listen. <laughs> I listen. Okay. Um y'all got anything y'all want to add about this? Cause I, I keep going. No, I think you, I think you hit on some really good points. Oh, Christian, go ahead. You said it looked like you had some. No, no, time. I was just going to say, I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. Cause I've not finished it. I'm in season five. I don't know if we st- said that out loud yet. Really looking forward to more. So go ahead, Nick. No, it's just, you know, to touch on, I think you touched on all these really good aspects of mental health. And like you said, you know, you finished season five, right? Is that what you said? Or you're in the middle of it? Middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, season six continues to pay out the dividends. It's it's so good. It it is. I, I I remember. God, I remember. I hated the fact that they broke up season six into two different um, episodes, and we had to wait a whole another year just to see how it ended. God, I hated that. It was, it was basically season was seven. Hard. They say season six, but it's yes. basically season seven. Like I don't know why they didn't just tell yes. us that. Uh, I don't, yeah, but but this if if here's the thing if you have not seen this show but you've heard us on other episodes and you've listened to our recommendations I am telling you go watch this show this is a great great show if you want to it, here's the thing if you was born in the two thousands. If you was born in the 2000s, not the 1900s, as my kids call it, I hate y'all, but, you know, I still love you. Um, go watch the show. Go watch the show because, man, just, just to remember that time, especially that, that Tahoe, oh, everybody had a Tahoe and an Escalade, okay, because of that show. <laughs> you drove a Tahoe and an Escalade because of Tony Soprano. Uh, cause that was one of the big bodies and gosh, that, that was a great show. Um, okay. So, so I realized that I've ate up all of this time and my other two hosts just sat and just let me go. So I promise you that I'm not going to say anything else. That's a lie because I'm a preacher. And if you get a preacher to the microphone and he says, I'm at the close, that's not true. He just got to the second paragraph of his no, he got to the second point of his second paragraph of the third sub point. He got five more points to go. You got you got to be there to know it. You got to be there to know it. Like literally, anytime a preacher says I'm about to close, oh no, he not. No, he not. He finna keep going. He finna keep going. And I realize I can keep going. I'm gonna stop right here. So listen, Christian and Nick, what would you recommend for somebody outside of The Sopranos to watch? What's your recommendations? Uh, you know, right now, uh. I would talk to, I talked to somebody about this recently, but all the superhero stuff is super hot right now. But one of the things that I feel like has gotten looked over is My Hero Academia, which is a anime. Oh and yeah. It sounds yes. like we got some fans here. 
one of the best superhero IPs I've seen. They explore so many cool aspects of society. And I even think they explore like the dynamics of like, uh, they wrestle with like the idea of like what God looks like and power and things like that. It's just an excellent, excellent anime and it's easy to get into. Um, I'm addicted to it. And I've like every, we're on season like six now. And I'm just kind of like you were talking about, you know, with the Sopranos, I'm just like itching myself every time after I watch the episode on Saturdays, I'm like, Oh, I need more. Give me more. <laughs> now, we yeah, may yeah. or may not have an episode planned to uh, discuss it. Oh, oh, I will be, as soon as that pops up on the feed, I will be, that's the first thing I'm going to listen to on my podcast feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what, what recommendation do you have, Christian? As far as watching something goes, to our lovely patrons, we are currently planning, we've promised for so long, that we would have, for, after a certain threshold, you would be listening to a D&D series. Well, I, my good friends, it is my good pleasure to tell you I will be DMing for that, and we are currently figuring out the timing of when to start. And my recommendation, as I've been preparing for this, is go check out the fan supplement book, Book of Beautiful Horrors, which brings a lot of the Witcher monsters. It gives them the uh, 5e stats. Uh, that may or may not be something you see in the coming episodes when we finally get a chance to record them. So a little snippet there for the future. That's that's ooh, that's good. That's good. So mine is um, Demon Slayer. The new movie drops tomorrow. I don't I don't know when you're gonna listen to this, but it'll probably be after the fact. But know that it drops tomorrow. That starts the new arc. And when I tell you that this, and I've talked about this before on this podcast about the beauty of Demon Slayer. And and the 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 the, the draw on the pool. I I will never forget when I was watching the Mugen the Mugen train movie, and I cried at the end. It was so. Oh, I cannot wait to see this. Do you hear me? I I and so please forgive me because I would be tweeting about this, but I have a problem with Twitter. Twitter. So I gave up Twitter, Twitter for Lent, and and I know that this was a good choice because I didn't even know this movie was coming out because I would have saw it on my Twitter feed. Um, so so I'm saying go and watch Demon Slayer and read the mangas too. Re- just 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 enveloping it all because it's it's so awesome, so so awesome. Done. I'm you seeing can't the go movie wrong with Demon Slayer. Oh, amen. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I was so I was so mad. I gotta tell you the story. My son asked to go see Cocaine Bear for his birthday. I was like, I don't want to see that stupid movie. I was like, all right, let me just find I'll take you and your friends, drop y'all off. And I so happened to scroll and I saw Demon Slayer. I said, There's a new movie? When this movie dropped. I've been waiting for the new art to drop. And I forgot that the movie was coming. I said, Oh my gosh, I will be in I'm going 10:30 in the morning tomorrow. To go see this movie. And if somebody has a problem with me going so early, I'm going to go watch it again. Okay? Because my kids like it too. So I'm going to watch it by myself because they're going to be in school. And I'm going to take them later to watch it again. But I'm going to see this thing bright and early. I wish it would drop today. 
because I would go today. Uh, my son has a concert. I was like, you know, I'm going to drop you off to your concert, and I'm just going to go see the movie. I ain't even going to be there. That's that's how <laughs> messed up it is. But then Sean would tell me that's not what you're supposed to do. You got to be there to support him in his endeavors and all those other things. I'm like, forget them kids. You know, but that's why you need to go to therapy, okay? It's very important, okay? It's just easy how you can snap and change quickly. That's why you got to have somebody to help you to, you know, woosah, because you can't kill everybody. Oh gosh, we should call this episode You Can't Kill Everybody. Not not the Sopranos, but just You Can't Kill Everybody. Maybe that should be the title of the episode. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway. Might be a really bad drinking game to play. <gasps> as long as it's not um, tequila, I'm down. Okay? Don't like tequila. Don't like oh tequila. man, I love tequila. I don't like tequila. It's just... just now see, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little city boy. They got a little country in them. So, so, but I can do moonshine now. I can do moonshine, and I and I will oh. and I will I will take you all the way to the sun come up. I can well, I can't have anything for the next three and a half years because I signed a contract at the school. Can't touch alcohol, or gamble. Cause I'm a good boy, a good Southern Baptist boy. See, see, that's that's a lot of enemy. Because the joke was that Baptists drink; they just don't drink together. <laughs> 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 oh, they drink but they just don't drink together they don't drink together yes indeed but but listen listen we have again we just touch just the tip of the iceberg about the sopranos and so again we're encouraging you to follow us on facebook uh instagram Twitter and Discord. We're about to get the Twitch up, and then Christian about to do this D and D episode, and Nick is going to be coming over and helping us with my hero academia. I'm just playing. I know you're going to listen to it, but you're going, you're going, you're going to throw some stuff in there. Um, but listen, we have other hosts, we have other guests, we have other episodes, and please forgive me for not thinking about the next one that's coming up because I spent the last three weeks trying to rewatch. Um, Sopranos just get ready and, I, and I'm like I ain't done but I'm 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 finna finish this thing even though I know how it ends because it's just that good and so don't don't think that your life is good your life can be better if you have Christ at the center and that's the one thing I want you to take away from all of this is that if Christ is your center and your focus and anything that anybody else does or says would not be an issue because you will hold fast to what the scripture says in Isaiah that he will keep you in perfect peace. All who mind stay on him. Keep your mind on him and he will make it all right. He will make it all right. And know that, that whenever you listen to us, remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.